Hi everybody. Hey, this is Pastor Terry and I want to welcome you to another Wednesday evening Bible study here at Summit Church in Fenton, Missouri. I'm so glad you've joined me this evening. Hey, uh, tonight I want to finish up a, a series that I started last week on, uh, on, on how to hear from God, how to hear from God. And, uh, you know, that's one of the, uh, uh, top questions, I guess, that I've been asked over the years by Christians is they'll say, Pastor Terry, how do I hear from God? And so uh, I want to uh, conclude that series here this evening. Just a little review of what I said last week, and and then uh, we'll we'll get into some new material. But hey, if you missed last week's session, I want to invite you to go back on our uh, website or on Facebook, our Facebook page, or somewhere. There's several places you can get it and, and watch that, listen to it, and then uh, I think that'd do you the, the most good before you listen to this this evening. But uh, certainly, as I said last week, you know, God can lead through, uh, you know, spectacular means, you know, with an angelic appearance, you know, or a, a, a dream or a vision or, you know, an audible voice, these sorts of things. And I talked about that last week, but, but typically God does not lead his children that way. Um, uh, so, sometimes in the Old Testament, you, you would see some spectacular, uh, leading by the Lord. You know, people got led spectacularly. And you even see, uh, see it, uh, some spectacular leading. Um, you know, dreams, visions, these sorts of things, angelic appearances. Uh, uh, you, you see it in, in, in the gospel accounts. But after the Holy Spirit came on the day of Pentecost, you don't see as as many spectacular uh, uh, events going on and, uh, because you see on the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit came and, and now Christians have the Holy Spirit on the inside of them. And uh, we're supposed to be led by the Holy Spirit. Now, now, you know, in the book of Acts, after the day of Pentecost, and I brought this out last week, there was some spectacular guidance, all right. We'll note some here this evening. but But by and large, God does not use spectacular means to to guide his children. In other words, we don't hear from God in what would be considered a spectacular manner, like an audible voice. By the way, on an audible voice, be careful because the devil can accommodate you. But an audible voice, a dream, a vision, these, these sorts of things, uh, God typically doesn't use those things. Now, he can. He can, but he typically doesn't. Uh, and, and so the number one way that Christians hear from God, and, and, and I would say 99% of the time, or even higher, 99.99% of the time, in Romans 8, verse 14, the Bible says, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. And, and that word sons there, had, in the Greek language in which the New Testament was written, there's a connotation there of maturity. So I, I found baby Christians a lot of times want to be led by, you know, spectacular means, dream, vision, audible voice. But mature uh, sons and daughters of God aren't looking for that. They're looking for uh, th this leading, this guiding by the Holy Spirit. That's the way, the number one way that God will lead us is through uh, the, the, the Spirit of God, His Holy Spirit that every Christian gets when, when they get born again, when they receive Jesus as their Savior. And so as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the mature 
we could say children of God, okay? So, so that's how God leads us, is by the Holy Spirit. Of course, then that begs the question, how does the Holy Spirit lead, you know? And people will say, well, Pastor Terry, be more specific. Well, uh, just to review from last week, in Psalm 119, verse 105, Psalm 119, verse 105. In fact, I think I forgave you, forgot to give you this verse last week, but uh, let me give it to you now. Psalm 119, 105 says, Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. This is talking about the Bible. The Bible is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. So I tell you what, as I said last week, you know, the Holy Spirit will always lead us in line with the Bible. If we, you know, think we're being led, you know, we think we've heard from the Holy Spirit and it doesn't line up with the Bible, well, rest assured you, you didn't hear from the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will never contradict his word. Remember, he authored the, the Bible, Old and New Testaments. He used men to write it, okay? But, uh, but they just wrote, they were inspired by the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit will never, ever, never, ever, under no circumstances, no exceptions to this, he will never uh, guide you or lead you in, in contradiction of the Bible, okay? So, so that's the number one way the Holy Spirit leads us is, is through the Bible, okay? But again, like I said last week, what if something's not verbatim in the Bible, like like what car to buy or what house to buy or what job to take or where to go to school or where to go to church or, you know, who to marry or whatever the case. Well, that, you know, that being said, then Isaiah 55, 12 talks, uh, talks about us being led with peace. And then Colossians 3, 15 says that the peace of God is supposed to rule or, or be the umpire in our hearts. And remember, an umpire calls things, calls things safe or out. So when we run up on a situation, and, uh, and we need to make a decision, you know, and now, like I said last week, if something is verbatim in the word of God, you know, uh, then you follow the word of God. You don't even need a, a leading really from the Holy Spirit because it's already written in the, in, in the word of God, you know, but, uh, if there's something like you need to know, like which church should I go to or, uh, you know, which job should I take? Or, you know, I've been offered two different jobs. Which one should I take? You know, these sorts of things. Then, you know, you can't go in the Bible and read, you know, take job, take the job with ABC company. I mean, you know, you can't, that doesn't say that in the Bible. So you need some specific leading. And remember, I told you last week that, that before the Holy Spirit will really get involved with leading you specifically, you got to be willing to follow him generally through knowing the written word and following the written word of God. But once you've done that, then he'll lead us with peace. Okay. And, and you come up on a situation, you need to make a decision. Well, if there's peace on the inside, right here, right on the inside, that's where the Holy Spirit is. He's, he's not in your head. He's right here on the inside in your spirit, in your heart. Okay. Not your blood pump. I'm talking about your spirit in your heart, right on the inside. And, uh, so, so if you have to make a decision and, and, uh, you know, there's nothing about it that violates the holy written word, the Bible. Then you lean on the Holy Spirit through peace versus no peace. And if you have peace, then that's the umpire saying safe. If you don't have peace, then that's the umpire, you know, uh, the Holy Spirit saying out, don't do it, you know. And, uh, and that's how he leads. Now, now that isn't as spectacular as having an audible voice or an angel appearing to you or something like that. 
But I tell you what, like one good minister said, a lot of Christians are looking for the spectacular and they miss the supernatural. So this, this peace versus no peace is not as spectacular as an angelic appearance, those kinds of things. But I tell you what, it's every bit of supernatural and we just need to realize that 99.99% of the time, and don't be looking for a dream, a vision, or these kinds of things, although God could use those, rely on the Holy Spirit on the inside of you with peace versus no peace. Remember last week we talked about how Silas was led by the Holy Spirit through peace versus no peace. Remember when he was in Antioch there and, and he would have otherwise left that area, but he did, the Bible said it seemed good to him to stay there. And then Paul needed a, a traveling companion and chose Silas. And then Silas got to be a partaker of one of the uh, greatest ministries of all time. But, but he got in that position uh, by just it seeming good. He just said, remember we read it last week in Acts 15, it seemed good for to Silas to remain there. So he didn't have an angelic appearance, a dream, a vision, it, nothing like that. The Bible just said he, it seemed good for him to remain there. And then he was in the right place at the right time. And then the Apostle Paul chose him to be his traveling companion. Um, so so uh, we, we need to rely on that seamer, that seamer on the inside, you know, uh, that peace, peace versus no peace. Uh, you know, um, I, I, I did want to say this. I felt impressed to say this because I, I've said this several times over the years. I've always, you know, I've said, don't you choose your church. Let the Holy Spirit choose it for you. And, and uh, you know, but I want to be a little more specific about that this evening. How would you find a local church? How would you do that? Well, the first thing you would do is you, it, this is, this is how I would advise somebody if you're looking for a local church. First thing you need to do is start out, uh, you know, start out on the internet. In the day in which we live, you know, most churches have websites. And so start out and check out a church on the, on, on the, uh, on the internet. And, uh, you know, uh, first thing I would do is I would go to what they believe because almost every church will have their tenets of faith. Find out what they believe. You need to be sure that any church you're considering believes the Bible and that, and their, their, and that their doctrines are in line with the Word of God. So that's where I would start. And then I'd, you know, I'd listen to some of the pastor's messages most of the time. I think you can find those online, you know, on, on the church website, you know, and, and uh, they sometimes they'll even put their worship services up there, and you know you can check out children's ministry, youth, teenage ministry, nursery, you know these sorts of things. And then you know that's where I would start. And then uh, and then after that I would visit you know in person, and uh, uh, I would I would visit several times. And uh, something else I would do is you know I, I would would be looking at unless the Holy Spirit has just led you to a specific you know, this is the church you're supposed to go to, I would, I would visit and check out a couple, two or three, four, whatever, and, uh, and visit them. And then, you know, once you, but don't you make the choice, go by right on the inside here. You know, don't, don't go by, well, you know, the pastor preached a wonderful sermon today, so this must be my church. No, no, no. Now listen, what I would tell you to do is, I wouldn't just visit a church once or twice and make a decision. I would attend there for a while. I, I wouldn't volunteer up front or any of that. Just attend there for a while, maybe a month or two, maybe maybe a little longer, and 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 and, and you know, and just don't make a decision too fast. Just attend there for a while, and until you got that 
knowing that you know that seamer that seeming good feeling good on the inside you know what i mean peace on the on the inside and uh and by the way if it's a smaller to medium sized setting you know you might want to let the pastor know what you're doing because i know i've been on the other end of it as a pastor where i'll have a family come and they'll attend for a while and and then you you don't you know they'll be there you know several weeks and then you don't see them anymore you know, what did i do what's going on and then you know you'll check up on them and somehow or another and they'll say oh well we were just we were just looking around for churches and and we've decided on this other one and so it can kind of leave a pastor kind of you know, when that happens. So if you're looking for a church and you're going to be visiting one for a while or, you know, before you make a final decision, I would advise that you let the pastor know if sometimes in a bigger church you can't do that because, you know, there's so many people there. The pastor doesn't even know you're there probably to start with, you know, but uh, in a smaller, medium sized church, you know, you might want to even let the pastor or somebody in leadership know what you're doing. And, uh, and, and I'm just trying to keep you because I, from, from getting in, into a situation where, you know, uh, uh, I've had folks come through Summit Church over the years and they'll attend one time and they'll say, oh, this is my church. And they'll tell me, oh, Pastor Terry, this is my church after one service. And then you never see them again. <laughs> or, you know, they'll attend a time or two and they'll say, oh boy, this, this is my church. And then, you know, then you don't see them again. I've even had people come and they, they want to volunteer day one and just volunteer, you know, I'll, I'll volunteer for this department, that department. And, and they'll, they'll come for a little while and, and, and then they drop out and they'll even volunteer for a while, but then they drop out. You don't see them anymore. Uh, and in every one of those cases, they didn't take enough time to really get that settling on the inside that they needed to know that that was really their church. So what I'm trying to tell you is, Check churches out on the internet. Be sure they believe in line with the word of God. You know, check them out, then go in person and don't, don't be in a great hurry. You know, be willing to sit there for a while and listen and check everything out and so on and so forth, you know. And, uh, and then once, once, once you got that peace on the inside, well, then you're in a position to make a, to make a commitment and, uh, and then be there and just be a blessing to that pastor and, and, and to that church and let them bless you and you bless them back. Okay. So there, I hope I finally answered that question because I've said over the years several times, don't you pick your church, let the Holy Spirit pick it for you. And that, that's what I'm talking about. That's how you do it. Okay. So, um, uh, you know, I, I was thinking about, you know, this spectacular, uh, hearing from the Lord. I thought, you ever think about Joseph, you know, uh, Mary and Joseph, you know, and Joseph was Jesus's stepfather, you know, and uh, do you ever think how God led them, uh, uh, Mary and Joseph? Now, uh, it's interesting that, that if you look at it there in the gospel accounts, now God led Joseph through dreams, through dreams. But you also have to remember, in fact, not only did God lead, lead Joseph, I mean, after he found out Mary, the Virgin Mary was pregnant, I mean, he was going to put her away secret, privately or whatever, because he was a good man and he didn't want to embarrass her. And you'd need to be, you'd need some, now this was spectacular guidance that, that Joseph got, but I think you'd agree with me in that position, he's going to marry a woman who's, who's a virgin and now she winds up pregnant. And, you know, you can understand why he'd be, be you know, be his head would be spinning, but uh, you can see why he needs some some spectacular guidance. But uh, but but uh, God accommodated him, and and uh, and he had uh, he he was led through a dream. An angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. But the thing I'm trying to say is is that that was before the Holy Spirit was given on the day of Pentecost. So you see, uh, uh, 
you know, Joseph didn't have the Holy Spirit living in him like you and I do, so he was led in more of a spectacular way. And, and that happened on like three different occasions. I mean, after he found out Mary was pregnant, you know, uh, she was with child of the Holy Spirit. And then, uh, uh, and actually the wise men, if you look at it, you know, they were led by a star and then they came into Jerusalem there and they were led by scripture there, Micah. You know, they read Micah to figure out where Jesus was going to be born, the, you know, the, the Messiah. And, and then, and then after that, uh, uh, then they were led by the star again. It appeared again. And then finally the Bible said they were divinely warned in a dream not to go back, you know, to Herod, but to go home some other way. And, uh, uh, but, uh, they didn't have the Holy Spirit in them like you and I do. And then, of course, when, uh, Jesus's life was in danger, you know, Herod wanted to kill, kill him. And that's when all the little babies in, 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 in uh, in that area were, 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 uh, uh, put to death two other well, males, two years and under. And, but, but you see, uh, Joseph got warned by God through an angel in a dream. And it, it saved their lives. It saved Jesus's life, little baby Jesus's life. You know, I tell you what, I tell you what, hearing from God's important. It can save your life. And then after Herod was dead, sometime later, that angel, an angel appeared to Joseph again and, and then, uh, divinely, this is Matthew, the second chapter, and then actually led them right into Galilee, you know, and so forth, right where they were supposed to reside after they came out of Egypt, you know. And you can read all that in the gospel accounts, but I wanted to bring that out because sometimes people will read that about Joseph being led in a, by an angel in a dream, and you got to remember, Joseph didn't have the Holy Spirit in him like you and I do. Now, um, but that's the way God chose to lead uh, uh, Joseph, you know. Uh, I guess what I'm trying to tell you is, is I can't promise you from the word of God that God will lead you in a dream or with an audible voice or in any of these other spectacular manners. I, I can't promise you that. But one thing I can promise you is God, if you're born again, if you know Jesus as your Savior, 100% for sure, I can promise you that God will lead you by his Holy Spirit through peace versus no peace. I can promise you that based on the word of God. You need to be sensitive to it. Um, uh, I do want to say this. It's interesting as far as, uh, uh, you know, I talked about Joseph being led. Uh, uh, it's interesting. Uh, I've run into this over year, over the years with couples, you know, and, um, you know, I would say if you're out there and you're listening and you're a couple, a married couple, man and a woman, husband and a wife, married couple, uh, before you do anything, uh, as far as a major decision in your life, uh, be sure that both the husband and the wife have peace about it. Uh, I, I've, I've, I mean, with my wife and I, we've never done anything major unless we both had peace on, on, on the situation. And I've watched couples get into a lot of trouble when, when one of the, uh, uh, like the, the husband said, well, we need to do this and so. And the wife said, oh, I don't have peace about that, but they did it anyway. And, you know, or he'd say, well, I'm the husband and I'm in charge and we're going to do it anyway and <laughs> get in trouble. And uh, uh, and vice versa. I've watched couples already where the wife would come in and say, you know, uh, to her husband, the Lord has spoke this to me. And we're just supposed to do this and so. And he didn't have peace on it and did it anyway and got in a, in a lot of a lot of trouble over it. Uh, my wife and I, we don't do anything. Uh, if I think I've heard, and this has happened a couple of times over the years where I, I felt I heard something from the Lord and I went to her and I said, what do you think about that? She didn't have peace with it. And it's interesting on those occasions, 
It's not that I missed the Lord, but I missed the timing. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I had the right plan. I just had the, the wrong timing on it. And my wife has really helped me along those those lines. And, and frankly, the other way it's happened too, where she's felt, you know, maybe we ought to do this and so. And I'd say, well, no, I, I don't have peace about that. Maybe the timing was off. But the point is, uh, you know, we need to, uh, as a married couple, rely on each other. You know, the same Holy Spirit that's in the husband, it, it, that same Holy Spirit's in a wife. Okay. And so you need to have peace before you would move on a situation. Um, I, I, I think of a, uh, uh, I'm thinking of one couple where, uh, they attended my church many years ago and they left the church. When I say they left the church, <laughs> uh, they left the church to go back home after a Sunday service. They got in the car and they were driving back home and she said, Oh, we need to drive up through such and such subdivision. And they drove up in the subdivision and, and she said, now make a right turn here, make a left turn there and so on. They pulled up in front of this house that had a for sale sign is a big house. And she said, the Holy Spirit tells me we're supposed to, to buy that. Well, the husband didn't have any peace about that at all. And, uh, and, but he went along with it and, uh, and, and they were doing very well financially and they had a beautiful house, but she thought the Holy Spirit told her to live in, in, in something, you know, bigger. And so they sold a nice house they lived in, bought that bigger house. And, uh, he told me, he said, boy, it's been a struggle financially, you know, living in this big, big house. I, I said to him, did you ever have peace about selling your other house and buying that bigger one? He, no, I didn't have peace with it, Pastor Terry. Well, see if he'd have just followed that peace. He wouldn't have, wouldn't have got into that financial strait. You know what I mean? And I think of another one where a couple was attending the church, my church, Summit Church, you know, and, and they were just going along just fine. And, and he, and he went to work one morning and he came home and his wife said, the Holy Spirit spoke to me today and we're supposed to move to, uh, such and such state and, and, uh, go to Bible school. And he said, well, it caught him just out of the blue. And long story short, they, uh, he, he was so happy at the job that he had, and he, but he wound up quitting that job and followed what, what, uh, what, what she was saying. And, uh, long story short, they got in a mess. And I asked him, I said, do you have peace about this? He said, no, 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 don't have peace about it. But you know, my wife hears from God. So we're just going to go right along with it. Well, I tell you what, suffice it to say, married couples out there don't make any major decisions unless both the husband and the wife have the same peace about it. I tell you what, it, it, it keep you out of a lot of trouble. And uh, I mean, this hearing from God is so important. Being led by the Spirit, it can it can save your life. Remember last week I talked to you from Acts 27 about how Paul, when he was a prisoner, you know, he told he was going to Rome and it, things were beyond his control. He was a prisoner and it was dangerous time to sail. And uh, so they shouldn't have been in the natural. They shouldn't have been sailing because it was a dangerous season to sail. But they sailed anyway. And then Paul said in, in Acts 27:10, he said, he said, I perceive. He, he had, he had that, he didn't, see, he didn't have peace in his heart about, about taking that voyage. And, and he said, I, I perceive that this voyage is going to be with disaster and much loss, but they wouldn't listen to him. But if they'd listened to him, they, they wouldn't have got in that shipwreck. You understand? And so, uh, I tell you what, this, this peace versus no peace can save our lives. It really, really can. Uh, I mean, I tell you what, before you do any traveling at all, any, I, I don't care if it's driving, drive, driving to, driving to the grocery store. You need to always have your spiritual antenna up, if you will. Now, I'm not talking about being silly or nothing like that, you know, or woo, 
I'm not talking about that, but I mean, always be sensitive right on the inside to the Holy, to the Holy Spirit, you know, uh, because I tell you what, just, you know, uh, the Bible says the steps of a righteous person are ordered of the Lord. So I tell you what, uh, you just, you know, you know, I'm not trying to make this a difficult thing driving to the grocery store, but I tell you what, if you, if you on the inside don't have peace about going a certain way, you need to listen to that. It can save your life. I mean, you just may, and again, I, I, look, look, I, there's been just a handful of times in my life where, where I just really didn't have peace about, about going a certain way, you know, like traveling or whatnot, just, just a couple of times. I mean, just, just didn't have peace about it. And I went another way and you say, well, what happened? Well, nothing, <laughs> but that's what you want to have and nothing. You don't want to get in a car wreck. So I don't know if I'd have went the other way. I, I don't. I don't know, but I'm just saying there's only been a couple of times where, you know, I always try to keep my spiritual antenna uh, 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 up, if you will. There's only been a couple of times where I just, oh, I don't have peace going going that route. Let's go this other way. But I tell you what, it could have well saved me my life. You know, I'm thinking about this one guy that I know. Now, now it's interesting. I'll show you how good God is. Now, this man here that I'm going to tell you about, he's not, he's not, to my knowledge, a Christian. He's not even a Christian. But he had, some years back, he had a very, very serious car accident and almost died. They had to helicopter him from the uh, crash site to the hospital. And I mean, he's a good man, but I mean, if he's born again, I don't know it. And, uh, uh, you know, I've, I've shared the gospel with him, but, I, you know, I all you can do is share the gospel with people. But he, he's a good man, but I, if he's saved, I don't know it. But point is is he got in a terrible car accident and almost, almost killed him. Uh, but after the fact, cause I, I, I saw him for a good while, you know, he was in my life and then he was out of my life and I hadn't seen him in a couple of years or whatever. And then, and then after this accident happened, I, I, you know, ran into him and, and, you know, at the store or whatever, we were talking and he said, Oh man, I was in this car accident, like to kill me. And I mean, it banged him up and bad. And, and but here's what he, I said that to say this. He told me, he said, Terry, he said, you know, he said, he said, now, where I had that accident, he said, I don't normally drive that way, but he said, every once in a while, I, I do have to go that way. And he said, he said, the last several times I drove that way, he said, I had this, 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 he said, I don't know how to explain it to you, Terry, but he said, I had this like premonition, like this knowing, like this something on the inside of me, something like that I needed to be watchful about going that way. Well, you see what that was? That was the Holy Spirit. He, he's not even saved, but the Holy Spirit still loves him, was, was trying to lead him and guide him and direct him. And I thought, well, just think if he, just think if he knew what you and I know about being sensitive to the Holy Spirit, it could have saved him a whole lot of, a lot of, a lot of problems, you know, because I think he still suffers with some medical stuff over that. So uh, th this is an important topic of being sensitive to the peace versus no peace. Don't be looking for dreams. Don't be looking for visions. Be sensitive. Don't be looking for audible voices. Be looking to the Holy Spirit on the inside. Stay in the Word of God. Stay in the Word of God. Meditate in the Word of God. But but again, you can't go in the Word of God and 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 find where it says take elm instead of sycamore to the to the to the grocery store. You know what I mean? So you got to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. But God did not leave us defenseless. He's given us his Holy Spirit. And he'll lead us with that peace versus 
no peace, okay? And, uh, and, and even so, when you do get that leading on the inside, um, I, I can't, I just want to say this again. Um, be sure, be sure that whatever is going on in your life, that it does not violate the word of God. Okay. And, uh, because if it, if, if anything, if you get a leading to do something on the inside and it violates the word of God, then it's not the Holy Ghost leading you. It could just be something you want to do. And, you know, or it could be the devil prompting you to, to try to do something. You know, now the devil doesn't lead from in here. He'll throw thoughts at you up here. See, the Holy Spirit leads here. That's why you get in a, in a situation where you need to hear from God. Remember the Bible says, not to lean to your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge the Lord and he'll direct your paths. So we're not supposed to lean to our brain when we need to be led. Lean on the Lord. And where is he? He's right in here. I See how I keep going like this? It's because that's where the Holy Spirit is if you're born again. And he'll lead you with that peace versus no peace. Okay? Now, uh, let's see here. Uh how much time do I have left? I got about 15 minutes left. So, um, I, uh, I, I have here in my notes, I said this last week, but remember, uh, to be a green light Christian, be on the go for the Lord and, uh, and, and, and just be on the go for the Lord. And if the spirit of God, and this is how I operate with the Lord, I'm on the go and I'm going to, it's like driving to the grocery store. I'm going to go my normal route. <laughs> Unless I get a, 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 a check in my spirit, you know what I mean? A check, a, a, a lack of peace in my spirit, then I'll go some other way. Okay. And that's only happened a couple of times in all these years, you know, whether you're driving to the grocery store or wherever it is. Um, uh, but, uh, the, the apostle Paul was a on the go Christian and he was telling people about the Lord everywhere he went. Acts 16, I showed you last week how there was a couple of times that as he was going to preach the gospel, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit forbid him to go into certain areas. And we talked about that last week. But, um, uh, but it's interesting what I wanted to say here, uh, uh, is in Acts 16 verse 9, Paul got a vision, uh, in the night. He got a vision. And it, this was the Macedonian call. And probably one of the reasons that he was forbidden to go into Asia and into Bithynia is because God wanted to use him over here in uh, Macedonia. And then the gospel did get to Asia and Bithynia later. I told you that last week. But what I wanted to say is, it's interesting, Paul, I always thought this was interesting. He got a vision, and, and we know after the fact it was from the Lord. But in the middle of that, when he got that vision in, in verse 9, even though now we see it after the fact, hindsight, you know, is 2020. Hindsight's always better than foresight, but we know it was from the Lord. But when he got that vision, he didn't just accept it. If you look at verse 10, it says, concluding that the Lord had called us to preach the gospel there. It means that Paul, the apostle Paul, who God used right almost two thirds, what, I guess over half and two thirds of the New Testament, he got a vision from God and he was still examining it to be sure that it was really God. So if, 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 if God, you know, if that's true of Paul, how much more true is that of us? So you get any kind of spectacular guidance, you know, dream, vision, this, that, or the other. And by the way, most dreams, most dreams that I've, I've ever gotten are just silly dreams. You've had them. I've had them. We've all had them. 
Um, I've only had a, a couple of dreams over the years that, that the Lord gave me. And one rule of thumb that I always go by, that if the Lord gives you a dream, this is just something I go by. If the Lord gives me a dream, when I wake up, I'm going to know exactly what it is that he was trying to communicate to me. Okay, if if I've ever woke up and I thought I had a dream from the Lord and I was kind of, ah, I wonder I wonder what that meant, I wonder what, uh, then I conclude that that's not from the Lord, you know. And uh, we just all have silly dreams. And uh, uh, I have this one dream that I have every once in a while that I have to hit a golf ball and I'm standing about that far with a brick wall right behind me and I can't get my backswing. <laughs> it's a crazy dream. I haven't had it in a while. Sometimes I still dream that I'm back in high school. I don't, I, I don't know what that's all about, but, uh, uh, I don't know. Maybe we could get Sig Sigmund Freud in here to psychoanalyze me, but those are just silly dreams, silly dreams. But I've only had a couple of dreams that were from the Lord. And when I woke up, I knew exactly what he was communicating to me. And that's just a good rule of thumb that I go by. But any spectacular guidance or any guidance at all from the Lord will line up with the Bible. Now, um, let, let me conclude this here. Uh, I don't want to go too long, but I'm going to finish this up tonight. So um, let, let's look at this here. Um, uh, the Holy Spirit, uh, go to Acts 20. I want to point out to you uh, something that happened to Paul. The Holy Spirit had directed him to go to Jerusalem. And in Acts 20, verse 22, he says, I go bound in the Spirit to Jerusalem, not knowing the things that will happen to me there. So you need to realize when the Holy Spirit's leading... He will give you a direction to go in, but he won't always give you all the details. And with Paul, he wanted Paul to go to Jerusalem. And uh, now some people say that uh, that Paul missed it and that he uh, uh, shouldn't have been going to Jerusalem. Well, he was a seasoned apostle, and uh, I believe he had heard from the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit wanted him to go to Jerusalem. Uh, he didn't have all the details. He just knew that... that uh, well, he didn't know all the things that would happen to him, except verse 23 says the Holy Spirit was testifying in every city saying that chains and tribulations were awaiting him. Wow. Now, a lot of people would say that's not the Holy Spirit. He's never going to lead you to uh, in a tough spot. He's always going to lead you beside the still waters in the green pastures. Well, sometimes he leads there, but sometimes he leads into tough spots too. You need to be aware of that. And uh, so Paul knew that he was supposed to go to Jerusalem. He didn't know all the details, but he knew that uh, chains and tribulations were awaiting him. Wow. But he, but he pressed on. And he said, well, how did the Holy Spirit testify? Well, the Holy Spirit used other people to speak to Paul. Apparently, I think it's very clear. And you see it here in Acts 21, verse 4, as Paul made his move towards Jerusalem. It said, finding disciples, uh, we stayed there seven days, and they told Paul through the Spirit not to go up to Jerusalem. Well, think about that. Uh, now Paul knew that he was supposed to go, but now these, these disciples, notice they're called disciples, and they had picked, uh, what had happened here is they picked up in the spirit, there's no question about it, that Paul, that there was trouble waiting for him in Jerusalem, and they told him not to go. Well, look, God doesn't lead us through people, he leads us by his holy written word and by his spirit. And if somebody is really being used of God, okay, to give you a word from God, they're not going to ever say to you, you know, do this or don't do that, okay? You know, they're going to just 
say, okay, this is what I'm picking up by the Holy Spirit. They give you the information, but they won't tell you do or don't do anything because that's not the way God leads. I think that these were disciples. They, they may not have had much spiritual maturity on them and they picked up that danger was awaiting him in Jerusalem and then they put their own interpretation on what God was saying because it was the will of the Lord for him to go to Jerusalem. I'm convinced of that. Paul was convinced of it. Don't even believe me. Paul was convinced of it. But they 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 put their own interpretation. We got to be careful not to put our interpretation on what the Lord's saying. You can get in trouble that way. And they put their own interpretation on it. And they told them not to go. See that lets me know that that these disciples had missed it. You know they shouldn't have said if they're being fully uh, yielded to the Holy Spirit, they wouldn't tell him what to do or what not to do. They just give him the information. And then, you know, he gets confirmed. If it's confirmation one way or the other, then it's up to him to follow that. So I think these were just uh, 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 disciples that didn't have much spiritual maturity on them. That's what I think. And uh, they sensed there was danger ahead. And then they told them not to go. And see, God is not going to lead you through somebody else when they say do or don't do. They might give you the information, you know, danger ahead, but then it's up to you to make that choice. So Paul went on. It's interesting if you go here in Acts 21.10, uh, as we stayed many days, a certain, now watch this, a prophet named Agabus. Now this was a, not only a man with a disciple with uh, 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 spiritual maturity, but he was a prophet, you know, a seasoned prophet. God had used him in other times, a very accurate, very for, for real prophet. And uh, he came down from Judea and, uh, uh, and he, he took Paul's belt bound his hands and feet and said, Thus says the Holy Spirit, so shall the Jews at Jerusalem bind the man who owns his belt and deliver him into the hands of the Gentiles. Now, he never told him to go or not go. He just told him what was going to happen when he got there. See, that's how God will operate. Now, God at times may, could give you a word through another person, you know, uh, that would, would confirm something he's already put in your heart. You see, Paul already had in his heart to go to Jerusalem and all this prophet, this seasoned prophet, for real man of God here, he didn't tell him what to do or not do. Didn't tell Paul what to do or not to. Just said, this is what's going to happen if you go. And he was right on. And that's what the Holy Ghost had been saying all along to Paul. Uh, you know, and, uh, and then, uh, remember there was a place where when Paul went to Philip's house and, and he had, uh, Philip had virgin daughters, which did prophesy. It's very likely they prophesied to Paul what was going to happen to him in Jerusalem. Now we don't know that for sure, but it's likely. And then in verse 12 here, Acts 21, 12. Now, when we'd heard these things, both we and those from that place pleaded with him not to go up to Jerusalem. See, after the prophet told him what was going to happen, uh, then you get people hearing that. And they're going to, now they're going to actually try to talk Paul out of the perfect will of God. And, and let me just throw this in. You'll have a lot of times in life, some good, well-meaning people try to talk you out of the will of God, but you have to not be moved by those things. Know what the Holy Ghost has told you to do and then just stick with it like Paul did. And he said in verse 13, what do you mean by weeping and breaking my heart for I'm ready not only to be bound, but also to die at Jerusalem for the name of the Lord Jesus when he could not, and when, we, when he would not be persuaded we we ceased. They stopped trying to talk him out of it, and they said the will of the Lord be done. And he went to Jerusalem, and it happened to him just like the Holy Ghost said. Okay, so but the point here is, is if you get a word from somebody else, okay, if God's in it, they're not going to be telling you to do or not do anything. But what they might do is they might tell you something that that if the Holy Ghost is in it, it won't violate his 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 holy scripture. But it might also on top of that 
confirm something that the Holy Spirit's already put in your heart. And then in that case, wow, I tell you what, you got a confirmation, you know, you heard from God, it doesn't violate the Bible. And then, you know, you've got peace about doing a certain thing. And then somebody, a bona fide minister, you know, somebody with a good track record gives you a word that, that confirms what's already in your heart. Man, then I tell you what, that's good as gold there. You can, you, you can, you know, and, and even then, you know, consider it even further, like Paul, that Macedonian call, and, and, and then eventually conclude, you know, that, well, that must be the Holy Spirit telling me to do this and so, okay? Well, I tell you what, this, this is interesting. Uh, interesting things. I tell you what, the Holy Spirit wants to lead us and guide us. So let me close with this. I told you last week, that I, I'd say something about personal prophecy here. And that's what happened to Paul here. He got some personal prophecy. He was getting some personal prophecies as, as he was moving to Jerusalem. And uh, it's interesting in 1 Timothy 1.18, this charge I commit to you, son Timothy, according to the prophecies previously made concerning you, that by them you may wage a good warfare. So personal prophecy. Uh, that's when a, a person has a word from God for you, okay? And uh, if you're from Baptist circles or denominational circles, you probably won't have a clue what I'm talking about. But in charismatic Pentecostal circles, and I don't know that it happens so much anymore, but back in the 70s and the 80s, boy, I tell you what, this was going on all over charismatic and Pentecostal churches, and for sure charismatic churches. And, uh, you know, people would come up to you and say they had a word from God for you. Now, now this happened to Paul. We just read about it here, you know, those disciples and then this prophet and so on. And, and then Timothy, we just read Timothy. He he had a personal prophecy given him, probably given him by Paul, um, uh, probably. Um, but I want to close by saying a few things about personal prophecy. Uh, I don't know how prevalent it is anymore, even in charismatic circles. Uh, uh, things have changed quite a bit over the last many years uh, as it pertains to these things. And uh, but uh, but you got to be watchful and careful with personal prophecies. Okay, so so uh, you got to be careful, and just like Paul had to be careful because uh, they're in Acts twenty one four, and at the end of Acts twenty one or Acts twenty one verse fourteen or thirteen fourteen whatever it is, uh, verse twelve, he had to be careful because the Holy Ghost wanted him to do something, and he had people telling him by the Spirit not to do it. So we have to be careful with personal prophecies. Okay. And I remember back in the 70s and in, in the 80s and on in there, and even into the 90s, I tell you what, personal prophecies have caused much confusion and shipwreck in the body of Christ. And uh, they've gotten some Christians completely and totally out of the will of God because somebody would walk up to a Christian and say, you know, hey, this is what the Lord's telling me to tell you. And then they'll say, you know, thus saith the Lord, and they'll give them a supposed word from God and then and then that Christian hears that and they think it's God talking to them through that person. And 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 I said, what? A lot of the times it's not God talking. Just because somebody says, thus saith the Lord. Just because somebody says, I got a word from God for you. I tell you what, you need to, I mean, caution, 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 caution. You remember on uh, Lost in Space, whenever the, uh, remember uh, Will Robinson and, 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 uh, Dr. Smith and all that. Remember the robot whenever there was danger, the robot would go, danger, 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 or something like that. Well, I tell you what, somebody comes up to you and says, I don't care who it is, you know, they say, I got a word from God for you. You need to right away be very cautious. Even if I had a word from God for you, I don't care who it is. You'd be very cautious, okay? Very cautious because personal prophecies have caused much confusion and shipwreck in the body of Christ and have gotten some Christians out of the will of God. 
I've even seen it used to the extreme where 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 somebody would come up to someone else and say, you know, the Lord told me you're supposed to marry so-and-so. Oh my gosh. Oh, oh. what's really funny in that one is sometimes, you know, uh, 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 you know, it's, it's like, uh, you know, the Lord may be telling Bill to marry, to marry Susie, but you know, if God's really in it, he'll be telling Susie to marry Bill. And sometimes, you know, Susie is caught totally by surprise. You see, God's not in that, in that kind of thing. Come on. And, uh, so, but I've seen it to the extreme back in the seventies and eighties, even, you know, <laughs> who you should marry. And, oh my gosh. And I, I noticed, I watched one pastor, bless his heart. He would use this word of so-called prophecy and these words to control his congregation. I want, I'll just tell you what I mean. He had asked a, a certain uh, woman to work in the nursery. And so she, she prayed about it. She didn't have peace with it. And so she said, Pastor, I don't have peace with it. So the next Sunday, right there in the congregation, he calls her out and says, you know, thus saith the Lord, you're supposed to, you know, work in the nursery. I mean, oh my, that, that's not good. That is just not good. I mean, what, where does that leave that lady? Now, now she's got the, right in front of the congregation, everybody thinks God's wanting her to work in the nursery. See, God, that pastor, bless his heart, he shouldn't have done that. That's just, that's not how God operates. Uh, you know, and it, this, this unbelievable, some of the things that have got, has gone on over the years in charismatic circles. Um, and I've even watched people get embarrassed publicly with so-called words from God. I remember one pastor one time, uh, uh, this very holy woman, I mean, holy woman of God. And, and, uh, I was, it's the same pastor that did this nursery deal. He, he told this woman that, uh, 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 because she was, uh, looking, you know, she was single and was looking for a husband and she's a very holy woman. And he, he prophesied to right for the congregation and said, when you get the work, uh, uh, get the, uh, work, uh, get the, oh, he said, when you get the lust of the flesh under control in your life, then God will bring a, bring your husband along. That you're supposed to marry. Now, you know, shame, uh, shame, shame, shame. He shouldn't have done that. And that woman should have got up and did the Ruth Buzzy on him. You know what I mean? She, Ruth Buzzy, you know who she is? If you don't look her up on YouTube, she'd take her, uh, really she's a pretty lady, but she'd dress up as an old hag, you know, and she'd take her purse and she'd start beating Dean Martin over the head. That's what that woman should have done, done to that pastor. She just got up there and just start beating him over the head with her purse. God doesn't do that. He's not going to embarrass people like that and that sort of a thing. Come on now. And, uh, so I, I, I've seen all kinds of things. Um, I've caused, I've seen people, uh, be caused to get into must, let me start over. I've watched people that, that, that they've get, gotten so disoriented because so and so had a supposed word from God for them. I've watched, I've watched young people. This one particular pastor, well, he'd just about have a word for everybody in his church. Bless his heart. God doesn't operate that way. And, you know, and so many of the young people in his church, he'd prophesy that there was a call of God on their life. And, and, and when there wasn't, there just wasn't, you know, uh, there just wasn't. Now, maybe one, one out of a hundred there might have been, but, but, but he had just about everybody in his church with prophecy from God that they were called to the ministry. And it, it got so many young people disoriented and just, 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 uh, 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 this one, this one young man, he prophesied to him that he, he was going to be, you know, the, the, a famous minister and, and years come and go and it just never happened. And you see, it, and, and it, the, the young man just so disoriented and just out of whack over that. See, now if you're from denominational circles, you probably don't know what I'm talking about, but if you're from charismatic circles and you're 
over probably 35 years old, you know what I'm talking about. And I tell you what, it, what a mess some of this caused. I tell you what. And, uh, 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 and, and I've even watched some people, they've gone in the ministry because so-and-so had a word for them that they were supposed to go in the ministry and they wind up in difficulty and shipwreck because see, they were being led by a word a person had for them and not a word that was really from God. And, uh, and in my personal life, you know, I, I, back when I was a kid, you know, I had, uh, I had a, a, a real New Testament prophet, really for real New Testament prophet, give me a word from the Lord. And uh, it's the first time I went into a church that wasn't Baptist. And, uh, I remember, I remember I'd been sick all day and, uh, uh, with, with a high temperature. And anyway, long story short, I went to that service, never been in a charismatic service and never been around anything like this. And, uh, a couple hundred people there. And at the end of the service, I didn't know who this guy, this preacher was. I just, I heard him on the radio, went to the service. And at the end of the message, he, he called me out of the crowd. Now I was a 20 year old boy at the time and, uh, 19, 20, something like that. And he called me out of the crowd and prophesied some things, uh, concerning the call of God and ministry and whatnot. And, uh, and, uh, and that, see, that proved to be true over the many years come and gone. And by the way, when he got done prophesying, there was like an electrical power on me and that, that, that fever left me just like that. Isn't that something? So look, just because there's a lot of wacky things that went on or maybe still go on doesn't mean the real isn't, isn't out there also. And so I don't want you to think, well, you know, if somebody has a word from God for you that they're all wacky. No, they're not all wacky. Uh, I got one when I was 19, 20 years old from a real New Testament prophet. And it, I mean, it just really blessed me. But I've also got a few over the years that when, when they were given to me, I just didn't have any peace on the inside. None, none, none whatsoever. And, uh, uh, it, uh, 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 you, so what you do with those is you just, you just, uh, uh, you know, just in the one chance that, well, if, you know, I got, you have no peace, you throw it out, but in, in the, in the one chance that maybe, you know, you could be missing it, at least if you don't throw it out, just put it on the shelf and see if, see if anything comes of it. If it does, it does. If it doesn't, then, then the Lord wasn't, the Lord wasn't in it. But, uh, and, and actually, frankly, I've, over the years as a pastor, I've had some words from the Lord, just, just a few over the years for different people in my congregation. And, uh, it's proved to be a blessing to people. So just cause there's wacky stuff goes on doesn't mean that, that, uh, that, that the real isn't, isn't, uh, 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 uh there as well. And, uh, I, I've been able to bless some people uh, along these lines. And so, so let me conclude by saying, if you ever get a word from somebody, first thing you do, you know, like a personal prophecy, consider the source, consider the person that gave you the word. What kind of track record do they have? Are they, you know, do they have a local church where they go to every Sunday? Are they submitted to a pastor? Or do they just go to this meeting one week and then this meeting the next week and they can't tell you really who their pastor is? And there's a lot of those people out there and they'll have, they'll prophesy to people and get people all goofed up. No, consider the source. Consider who gave you the word. Agabus, that's a good source. Uh, this guy that gave me a prophecy when I was a, a kid, that was a good source. I had some others over the years give me prophecies that, that they weren't a good source and I just, just put them on a shelf, you know. And, uh, 
but consider the source, and if somebody gives you the word, and be sure it lines up with the Bible. If it doesn't, immediately throw it out. Don't even put it on the shelf if it doesn't line up with the Bible. Just into 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 the circular file, you know. Just throw it out immediately. But uh, it, 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 you know, and, and then does it line up with what's in your heart? You know. Now, if it doesn't line up with the Bible, throw it out. But if it doesn't line up with your heart, well, at least put it on the shelf. Uh, is it a confirmation to something? Um, don't uh, don't uh, ever be led by it. Don't ever be led by a personal prophecy. God doesn't work that way. But uh, but if it's a confirmation to something that's already in your heart, then you might conclude that the Lord wants you to do thus and so. But uh, I'll, I'll say this as I close. I remember interesting word that I got when I was, uh, uh, I guess I was probably in my early 20s. I was in a certain church service and uh, the pastor was ministering and I was talking to the Lord just, just between, he was preaching, just me and the Lord. And I was talking to the Lord about the, the healing ministry. And, uh, and, and I was talking to the Lord, just, just, you know how you talk to the Lord? Just, I was just, just out of my spirit. I wasn't even, my, my, my lips were not even moving. Just, just having a conversation with the Lord, you know, just how you would, just, just talking to the Lord from the inside. Nobody knew what I was saying. The pastor was preaching. All the other people were listening. I was listening to what he was saying, but I was talking to the Lord about healing ministry, healing anointing. And I, now I had said to the Lord, I said, Lord, I said, now I'm not going to lay hands on the sick until, uh, until, until or unless your healing anointing would come on me to do so. And I mean, within, I mean, within, I mean, five seconds, that pastor stopped dead still. And, and, and he turned and he said, brother Terry, he said, uh, he said, the Lord spoke to me and said that a special anointing was going to come on you to heal the sick and it was going to be by the multitudes. Wow. Now, I mean, now, you know, now that's, that's pretty neat, but even there, you know, I mean, that's pretty, that's pretty, that's pretty powerful. Don't you think? But you know what? Uh, now, uh, 30 years has come and gone and, uh, now, when he said he'll, he'll be by the multitudes, I right away thought, see, don't put your own interpretation on it. I thought I was going to be standing in front of mass multitudes of people and, 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 you know, like you see some of these crusades overseas and whatnot. But see, it didn't happen that way. But now almost 27 some odd years have come and gone and multitudes of people have been healed, uh, in, in under my ministry, but they didn't come all at one time. Three here. Four there, two there, one there, eight here, twelve here, five there, one there, eight, six. You know what I'm talking about? And you count them all up over 27 years and you got a multitude. See, so that the healing by the multitude. So that was a word from the Lord. And so, so these are real. These things are real. Uh, and just because there's some quacky things going on doesn't mean the real's not, not, doesn't mean the real is not authentic. Well, you know what I'm talking about. There's the real. Okay. Hey, I hope this blessed you. I, I trust that it did. And uh, uh, so, 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 you know, I like what one minister said. He's a good minister. He says this, the answer to a thousand and one questions is be led by the Holy Spirit. So let's be led by the Holy Spirit and he'll lead us and he'll guide us and the path will just keep getting brighter. So, so God bless you. Thanks for joining me. I, and I went a little long, but you know what? Hey, I, anytime you sow into the word of God and into the things of the spirit is time well spent. So, all right, God bless you. And if it's too long for you, then watch the first half of it. Turn me off and come back and pick me up tomorrow. Okay.
Okay, that's kind of the neat thing about this social media, okay? Because uh, if you're in person and I get to preach it along, there's not much you can do about it. You know, you're kind of, you're kind of stuck. Like that one guy, Paul got to preaching a long time. He fell asleep and fell down, you know, fell down dead. Paul had to raise him up. And then I think Paul went back up and kept preaching. So so if I preach long, hey, just, just, just pause me, shut me off, get a good night's sleep, and pick me up in the morning, okay? All right. Hey, I'll see you Sunday. Hey, Sunday, we're going to, at Summit Church, we're going to continue talking about the sheepfold. And uh, if you miss that, you ought to go look at part one. That was pretty cool. I think some good things the Lord gave me. And we'll pick that up this next Sunday. So, okay. God bless you. All right. Bye-bye.